Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello there. Happy holidays and welcome to episode number 594 of Smart Podcast Trashy Books. I'm Sarah Wendell. With me today are Verity, Elise, Carrie, and Rich. We have more holiday wishes, more book recs, more TV recs, and bad jokes with all of you as my guests. Verity and I are going to talk about TV, books, and writing. Wilbur is going to faff about in a pile of paper. That's the noise you're hearing behind me. So if you're looking for British TV shows, you are in a lot of luck. We do start with some critique of the early 2000s language about women's bodies, body shaming, and all that horrible anti-fat bias. So just a heads up for that. I really love doing these and it is really so much fun to connect with everyone. I will have links to all of the books that we talk about and the shows and all of the nifty things like documentaries and the Safe Haven Pet Sanctuary Bonfire Store. <laughs> Very important link in the show notes at smartbitchestrashybooks.com slash podcast under episode number 594. I have a compliment this week, which always makes me so happy. To Jen E., the neighborhood birds and squirrels are very excited that the days are shorter because they get to go home to their burrows and tell everyone about the cool things you did today much earlier. You have a fan club. Wilbur is also a big fan of this box of paper. If you have supported the show with a monthly pledge of any amount, thank you. You are making sure that every episode has a handcrafted transcript from Garlic Knitter. Hey, Garlic Knitter! Thank you so much for supporting the show. If you'd like to join, well, the benefits are pretty nifty if I say so myself. One, you get a wonderful Discord. Two, you get full scans of all of the Romantic Times issues that we're talking about each month. So if you'd like to join the Patreon community, have a look at patreon.com slash smartbitches. Monthly pledges start at $1. 
and it would be lovely to have you. Support for this episode comes from Lumi Deodorant. If your resolution for the new year is to take good and kind care of yourself, have a look at Lumi Deodorant. Lumi is a game-changing whole-body deodorant designed by an OBGYN that is clinically proven to block odor all day long thanks to its one-of-a-kind pH-optimized formula. We have a special offer. New customers get $5 off Lumi Starter Pack with our exclusive code. Use code Sarah 30 at LumiDeodorant.com. That's L-U-M-E-D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T.com. How does it work? Well, Lumi is formulated and powered by mandelic acid to stop odor before it starts. It's more like a pre-odorant, and it can control odor for up to 72 hours. It's a first of its kind, too. And as I've mentioned before, my teenagers made off with all of my Lumi products, and they really like how well they work, especially after gym class at school, I'm told. And I like it because it's gentle on my skin, which is very sensitive. I've also been doing research and found a lot of people online love Lumi, especially if they struggle with self-consciousness or are stressed about body odor. Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice, like a mini body wash and deodorant wipes and free shipping. As a special offer for listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code Sarah30 at LumiDeodorant.com. That equates to over 40% off the starter pack when you visit LumiDeodorant.com and use code Sarah30. Thank you to Lumi for sponsoring this episode and thank you for your support of our advertisers. All right, are you ready for books and wishes and TV recs and more? On with the podcast of Holiday Wishes. Thank you so much for doing this. No, this is really exciting. Long time listener, first time caller. Yay! I, I want to say it's been at least a decade. Really? Mm. You've been listening for that long? I mean, I know the show's been around that long, but wow. Yeah, I think so. You're not tired been... of my ass yet? Wow. <laughs> I'm trying to think because I've been working like, there's some stuff that I absolutely totally remember where I was doing and like that I was listening to that authors that I came across listening to the podcast. Um, and it's weird how like, I don't know. I discovered again in COVID that my memory is very situational. Yes. I can remember where I was when things happened. And obviously when COVID happened and you did everything from the same place, I forget who I've told what to whom. It's bonkers. That's I can remember. A, wow. That's really, that, that is absolutely true. Yeah, because if you're staring at a screen the whole time, you have absolutely no perception of who it is you're talking to. Um, but I was in the States for the 2018 midterms. Right. For work. Yeah. Um, and was wandering around an outlet mall in Maryland when I was listening to an Alexa Mar- an episode when he had Alexa Martin on talking about one of her football books. And I like remember being wandering around like in a sketched outfit outlet and being like, oh, I must look this up when I get back. <laughs> That was several years ago too. That wow. Yeah. Well, wild, isn't it? That's that is wild and it completely makes my day. Thank you. No, yeah, you're welcome. There. Thank you for many happy hours of listening on my commute to and from London. Yay. Well, this is very easy. There's only four questions. I'm sure yeah. as a seasoned radio professional, this will be dead easy. Please introduce yourself and tell the people who will be listening who you are and where you are. Uh, hi, I'm Verity and I am in miserably wet Northampton, England. Lovely. First question. What's a book you really, really enjoyed this year? And if you brought more than one, just know you're not alone. I tried really hard to come up with books written by British authors on the basis that like, that might be different, but I failed miserably because they, basically this year has been the year in which I read a lot of contemporary romances about famous people and celebrities. 
I don't know if that was actually genuinely a trend this year or that once I'd spotted them, I just kept spotting more of them. So I wanted to mention uh, Mrs. Nash's Ashes, which I don't know if any of y'all have read, but it is about a former child star who goes on a road trip with a grad student and it starts and I can go all the way down to Florida Keys. It's really good fun. Also, if you're like me and you're still angry about Justin Timberlake and Britney Spears and the way that all went down for Britney, um, Alyssa Sussman's Once More With Feeling has got a child start and Broadway star. And if you live through that particular early 2000s sort of celebrity culture, I think that the heroine's journey will really appeal to you as a sort of revenge thing. Isn't it wild how Alyssa Sussman through her books is like, let's just take a collective look at how we talked about celebrities 20 years ago. Let's just look at that for a minute because it was so messed up. It really, really was. And it's only going back now and watching some of the stuff again that I realize in the same way that about five years ago, my sister and I realized that a lot of our shared language comes from Buffy. Uh, we realized that a lot of that early 2000s celebrity stuff like really rubs off on you. And I watched the David Beckham documentary the other week. I don't know if any of y'all have seen that on Netflix. And Posh Spice and how skinny she was and all this stuff about like it just really, really rubs off on you. And I read the Jessica Simpson memoir the other year about that photo of her with the high waisted jeans where everyone said she was fat. And you go back and look at the photo. She's not fat. Like, no. in no universe that she's that. And that was what you were telling us. Yep. No, 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 no. Um, and then the other one, which is not quite as strictly romance, but is also celebrities and real people, was uh, Curtis Sittenfeld's romantic comedy. And I I, I do mostly now read romance and uh, mystery because I like the certainty of knowing that I'm either going to get a happy ending or the murderer is going to get caught. Agree. But uh, Curtis Sittenfeld, I like for ages, and this is her take on romantic comedy. It's set on a... A sketch show that's definitely not Saturday Night Live. In no way is it Saturday Night Live. There's absolutely no Pete Davidson vibes going on in her side characters at all. No, 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 no. Um, but it's really nice. And it's the only sort of book that's got a bit set in the pandemic that hasn't sort of given me the... Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but like warning, it has got pandemic in it. If you're trying to avoid pandemic for absolutely legitimate reasons, don't read it. Oh, for sure. And the only thing I was going to say, it's not a romance, but it is the only British book. So I'm going to mention it. The Three Dahlias is a murder mystery. If you watch Priny Fisher, imagine that Priny Fisher was actually a, a real Golden Age murder series, murder mystery book series. And that since then, there have been several different TV and film adaptations of it. And the three actresses who've played that lead character sold murders. I, I see your face. Uh, my, my jaw is hanging open. I'm just, but. It's really good. It's by Katie Watson. There's two of them now with a third coming next year. The first one is a mystery on, like, they're making a new adaptation of the book. And there's a new actress in the lead, also a former child star. And two of the other actresses who played the same character are hanging around on set. Someone gets murdered. They solve it, uncover mysteries. And then, yeah. And then there's more. So it seemed like it might be the intersection of things that people who listen to the podcast might be interested in. But apologies, not a romance. Okay. So, First of all, this is every everyone who listens to these is like, oh my gosh, these are so bad. I add so many books to. Okay, I have now I have three different tabs open with books to look for in the library. This is just as dangerous for me. I know I've seen this cover before, but you ever hear a description of a book 
and it's like someone has handed you the perfect hot beverage when you're freezing cold and you didn't know that was the flavor you wanted. And you're like, oh, yes, this is exactly what I, yes. Okay, that is exactly what I needed. Oh, I'm excited. Imagine it's the book was written by sort of Agatha Christie-esque figure, but the heroine is Sinai Fisher sort of age rather than like Miss Marvel. Yes. Here's a trend because I'm looking at the listing on my Amazon mm. for the US. Here's a trend that I could I could do less with. I could I could be very happy to see this go away. When mm. people are listing the title and they list lots and oh. lots of extra words. So the title the of this TikTok sensation that will make you crazy. Yes. I hate it so much because the title of this book is The Three Dahlias, an absolute treat of a read with all the ingredients of a vintage murder mystery, Janice Hallett, Three Dahlias Mystery Book One. By Katie Watson. There must, there must be something in the way that SEO on Amazon works that means that people do this. So it's absurd, right? It's absolutely absurd, and I'm going to blame the that book site named after a river for it because I can't think who else it might be. But it must be that the keywords need to be in the title for it to be searchable because I can't think why else anybody would be doing it because it it drives also drives me bonkers. I just almost buying books that tell me they're a TikTok sensation at this point. Like four out of five books claim to be a TikTok sensation. But I'm ready for people to stop listing all of these words in the title. It makes me nuts. Yeah, so annoying. It's so bothersome. I don't understand. I I don't know if the US cover is as pretty as the UK one, but um, the UK one is sort of flowers and houses and gold. Yes, we have, there's a couple of covers the car, the hard cover is a pale background and the digital cover is a red background, but it's three yeah, huge yeah. Uh, illustrated dahlias beneath a big stately house. The kind yeah. that like I look at that and I say, I don't want to mow the lawn and I don't want to pay the heating bill. Yeah, exactly. The cover thing is also totally cyclical now because we're back down to sort of partying covers like we were getting on Chicklet, the Iris Chicklet uh, that I was reading in like the late 90s, early 2000s to date myself, having been through the photo covers, the headless women, the dogs. Uh, the random items, like here's a castle, here's a flower, here's a garden. Yeah. And it's weird that the cartoon styles change because for um, the December issue, I have to always look because I don't exactly know what time I am in. Uh, for the December Romantic Times issues, we're looking at July 2004, which is a you know solid 20 years ago. And all of the cartoon figures are these super stretched out, elongated, pointy figures. And it's so weird. There was a, there was like a cartoon trend. Did you get all the sort of gift stuff in the shops with like the women with the, like the really elongated women with like little mantras? It's that, isn't it, on a book, in book cover form? They look like praying mantises. Like if somebody crossed a human and a praying mantis and made it an illustrated, it would be these these stretched out figures like, and they're pointy. And it's the same thing. It's that hyper, hyper thinness that's just designed to give, everyone's, give everyone bad feelings about themselves. That's not good, is it? Yeah. Well, I mean, God forbid we write books about women. Because if you think about Chicklet, it was like, I'm going to have a career. I'm going to do these things. I'm going to fuck up in funny ways. And then I'm going to fall in love. And, you know, but I, it was very um, career and wealth centered. You can't have all these women having, you know, self-actualization and autonomy if you, if you don't have another vehicle through which to make them feel like they don't measure up. And of course, what we're going to do is stretch them out. It's just impossible to win, isn't it? It is. Screw it. So what holiday wishes do you have for everyone listening? Well, 
I would like everyone's holiday season to be exactly what they want and minus the thing that makes you annoyed every year, whether that's a dish that doesn't work or an uncle that corners you to tell you why your career decisions are wrong or your life decisions are wrong. I would like you not to have that this year. I feel like the last three years have been pretty terrible um, and like really sucked. So I think a holiday season where you can just do what you want and it all goes to plan is exactly what everyone needs. I love that. Because, I mean, there are things that tend to happen every year at the holiday season. One of the things that's so weird about holidays is that we tend to reinforce the same traditions without thinking about why we reinforce. And, you know, you do not have to have a tradition of dealing with things and people who are harmful. You can you can issue that tradition. You can can absolutely opt out of that. Um, My mum decided that I didn't have to go to family gatherings if I didn't want to. A few years back after two of my uncles decided to corner me and tell me why my life choices were wrong. And I felt a lot better for that. And I feel like everyone should have that moment. Oh, cheers to your mom. I feel quite lucky in my mom because she's very good and she doesn't really mind about where we go for Christmas or what we do. Um, my, My dad's parents divorced and they had three sets of parents essentially all wanting them to go to them for Christmas. And she was like, it was awful. I'm never going to do that to you. You do what you want. Be nice to see you, but you do what makes you happy. And I feel like that's a really nice attitude. And I'm glad that she's like that. I am so a fan of your mom now. I'm a big fan. Please tell your mom that she has a fan club of one in Maryland and it is me. Yep. I will tell her. Um, Yeah. So I hope that everyone has the the festive season that they want and it's unbothered by awful people and... um, there's some good telly if people still watch telly i hope there's some good telly i'm trying to think if there's anything else good that's on tv at the moment do you get you have american do you get the uk version of ghosts as well as the american version of ghosts yes we got both of the last ever uk episode of ghosts coming at christmas this year and that is the one thing that i'm really looking forward to the last one like the series finale yeah, we've had the last series and the Christmas special, which I think, I don't know if, it, if I don't know what day it's on yet, but the Christmas special is the last one. Apparently. Oh, that's awesome. That's, so I love how there's this very specific flavor of television program programming there where you mm-hmm. have the Christmas special, like a yeah. very much loved property from other times in the year will have a very cozy Christmas special. Like the, the Vicar of Dibley Christmas specials, <laughs> top shelf. I went to the theatre the other week and Hugo from Vicar of Dibley was in the show that I saw. No. Yeah. No. Oh my God. It must be so much older. Yeah, he is. But he was, he was, he was, um, so it was Noises Off, which is a farce. I uh, love that show. I've seen it on uh, Broadway. He was playing the bumbling drunk and he did it very, very well. No. He also had uh, Matthew Horn from Gavin and Stacey in it, as well as the young thing that's having the affair with the leading lady. That's really very good. Is it weird to be like, this is always weird for me. Like I I am in the same room, like they're on the stage and I'm here in my seat and I'm in the same room as someone who I used to watch on television. And it's really weird to see them in three dimensions. Really weird. Yeah. Like, I'm lucky I work in London and I go to the theater and I've been trying to tick off the people who, as they've come around, I mean, like, Oh yeah, I've seen you on seen you on TV. Now I'm gonna go and watch you. It's quite weird, yeah. That is but super cool though. We're quite lucky. Um, you know, there's quite a few things. I've managed to tick Judy De- Judy Dench. I saw Angela Lansbury before she died. Um they've got a whole Sometime thing on at the moment. It's got Bernadette Peters in, which who I've heard about from all the Broadway people for years, and she's like over here. Also Leia Salonga, who's the singing voice of Princess Jasmine. Um which is one of those sort of things where you're like, Oh yes, it's Princess Jasmine. I'm a child of the nineties, I'm going to cry now. Yep. Um, yep. Yep. 
Yep. Yep. I've had the same thing happen. It's so true. Um, last Christmas is Christmas thing with Detectorists. Now, have you, do you get Detectorists? We over? can get it if we have like a, there's a couple of like streaming services that are all British things. Like there's Acorn and there's BritBox, but you can get the Detectorists through one of those. And they're not really expensive. I think BritBox is seven or eight bucks a month. I feel like that sort of chill, very British, not a lot happens sort of thing. Detectorist is the other one for you, I think. Like, <laughs> But we had very short series. That was the thing. When I was first getting, so my, I got, oh, I'm going to really date myself. So um, when Angel died at the end of the second series of Buffy. Yes. Uh, we were quite a long way behind the US. That was the first time I ever went looking for spoilers for TV shows was to find out whether Angel was really dead. And I've been deep in the spoiler verse since then. But that was when I realized that sort of American shows run quite differently to UK shows and your season starts in the fall and kind of carries on through with breaks for Christmas and then it's like 22 episodes a season. And you've got like six. Six. Yeah, six. We don't do that. You know, we don't have as many characters, much smaller country, don't have as much, just, just don't. And so all these 22 episode seasons is like, and the whole thing about getting to 100 episodes to get the syndication, what even is that? Mm-hmm. What is syndication? I still don't get it. Okay, I'll, I will tell you if you'd like. So it used to be when we had cable, it used to be that there were shows or there were channels rather that would be kind of local, but have a very wide broadcast area or they would start out as a local station like Chicago had WGN and mm-hmm. there were some New York stations. And then when they got hooked up with to the cable networks, then suddenly everybody across the country had access to these, what were formerly regional stations. And the regional stations don't have a lot of original programming. So they will buy the rights and syndication to older shows and rerun them. So it used to be that you could turn on the television and someone was replaying Law & Order. Somewhere, someone was playing a flavor of Law & Order. But that also goes for old TV shows like Frasier. Friends was in syndication for years. It was easy to fill a broadcast schedule when you could buy the licensing of a show. And it really wasn't an option to license a show for syndication to show on other networks until it passed 100 episodes because then they could bundle it up. What that means for the actors and the crew and everything is that they get residual payments and they get money, which is why they went on strike because that doesn't happen as much anymore because we don't have broadcast cable. We have streaming. And so if you get like Netflix and they're just like, here's all of Friends, the money that the actors and the crew get for that, especially because it was too early to be specified in the contracts, is a lot less. It's like streaming a song is one, one, like five one thousandths of a cent for the artist or some nonsense like that. Um, But yeah, that's what syndication means. And it doesn't happen as much anymore. Whereas our TV over here, it's so much smaller than yours because we don't have the same sort of size of country. So we have regional, we have regional telly, but it's basically just the news. So half six evening, you can have your local news and that's your, that's your local TV. Then there's like, I, when I was in the States, I was a bit like, oh, so you can watch different sports depending on where you are in the country. We don't have that. You can't watch the the Saturday afternoon soccer game on telly at all. None of them are on TV. If you want to watch them, you have to pirate it in from outside the UK because the idea is that they want you to go and watch your local team live, whether it's like lower league or Premier League, they want you to go and watch it. Or you go to a bar and the bar has it. Well, has it, yeah. So do you have a bad joke? No, but I'm looking forward to hearing everybody else's because all of the, I'm very bad with jokes. I get it from my mum and I just, no, sorry. I apologize. Please do not apologize. I offer the opportunity, but not everyone wishes to do this and it is totally fine. We have a, we have a surfeit. We have a, a cornucopia of bad jokes. Oh, great. 
Thank you very much for doing this. This has been so much fun. Thank you so, so much. It was it was really a delight. And, and thank you for listening for such a long time. I imagine that you are very tired of my voice. <laughs> I, I, yeah, it's weird. I used to have this, one of my first jobs uh, in the organization I currently work for, I used to record the weather people doing their weather broadcasts for overnight. Right. And then they'd phone up and they'd look straight down their camera at you like this and be on the phone to you. But obviously you couldn't see them because you didn't have a camera. You set a screen, they'd be on the phone to you talking to you and you'd run into them around the building and you'd be like, hi, how are you? And they'd be like, who's this crazy lady talking to me? Because they had to see what you look like. And you'd say, oh, it's it's Verity from the phone calls. And they're like, oh yeah, right. This is a bit like that. Like I've been listening to you talking for so long, I forget that I haven't actually talked to you before. <laughs> well, thank you. Well, let us let us chat again soon. And please tell your mother Merry Christmas. I will do. I am Elise. I'm a reviewer for Smart Bitches Trashy Books, and I do the Bachelor Bachelorette recaps. And I am in the beautiful state of Wisconsin, where on um, today that we're recording this, there's much speculation about whether Taylor Swift is going to be in Green Bay or not. She's going to be wearing so many layers if she's in Green Bay. I feel like Taylor would be fucked with Wisconsin, and I respect that about her. <laughs> so what is a book or a books, because people have brought more than one, what is a book or books that you really enjoyed this year? Tell me, tell me, tell me. Okay, so my favorite book this year, hands down, was The Adventures of Amina Al-Sarafi by Shannon Chakraborty. It is a... This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you? If people send you the same generic conversation starters, they message everyone else. Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. High fantasy adventure book set on the Indian Ocean. And the heroine is a retired pirate. And she has to get the band back together for one last job to rescue a girl. And it's very much, if you have ever played Dungeons and Dragons, the book unfolds like every campaign I've ever been on where nothing happens the way it is supposed to happen. (laughs) And it is just wonderfully funny. There's romance. There is adventure. There's action. There's giant sea monsters. There is a cat who's supposed to be the mouser on the boat who's terrible at his job and somehow survives all of the shenanigans. The cat is fine. Don't worry about that. But it is just so good. The narration is beautiful. Um, and my husband listened to it on audio and confirmed that the audiobook narration is just as fantastic as reading the book. That the, is excellent. The character's voice really comes through. That so, is excellent. So good. It 
I read this book on vacation and I was supposed to be out doing things. And I was like, no, I'm going to sit in my hotel room and read this book. I do not wish to do things. I wish to read book. It may make sense. So there, each chapter opens up with a scribe who is writing down the story of what happened as Amina, the main character, is telling it to him. And so you get like a little bit of the scribe's like official narration or formal, and then you jump into her point of view. Oh, that's fun. So I cannot recommend that book enough that it's just wonderful. And um, I will go back and listen to it on audio now that I've read it, just when I need something kind of comforting that I already know what's going to happen. I have been listening to the audio of A Wizard's Guide to Defensive Baking. (laughs) Okay. And it is very cozy, although there's a lot of dead bodies for something that was described as so cozy. I think it sounds like something you might like if you haven't read it already. Okay. It's about a 14-year-old bread witch in a place where having witchcraft, even in the, having magic, even in the tiniest amounts is a bad thing. Um, Her magic is that she can make bread rise or make make baked goods come to life if you need them to. And she can make bread not spoil. Like she can, she works with dough. She's like, icing is harder. I work with dough. Um, and then a dead body turns up in the kitchen and she is blamed because she has magic. And she she's 14, but she's a very realistic 14 because at one point she's like, it would be really great if just an adult could take care of this. Yes. <laughs> but there isn't one. So damn it. That You know what? Being able to make bread rise, that is magic. Isn't it? That is. There's Her familiar is also a malevolent sourdough starter. I think that's probably my favorite part. I have never been able to bake because baking is very science-y, math-y, extremely precise. Uh-huh. I can cook uh-huh. because, you know, you make some decisions from the heart there, not from the recipe. Right. But ba- baking, baking is not my strong suit. I can do a quick bread. That's about it. I'm pretty good with quick breads, but I do have a very good sourdough starter and we have reached a good relationship. The sourdough starter will live in the fridge for up to two weeks and it's fine with that. And then I will take it out and I will give it a big feed and I will make a bread and I will make some crackers with the discard. And then it goes back in the fridge for two weeks and it is happy with that. We have worked out a schedule that is as low impact as possible, which I, which I appreciate because sourdoughs can be very persnickety. So what wishes do you have? For the people who will be listening. I wish that all of their reads next year are five-star books. Woohoo! That is a good wish. Did you have any other five-star books this year? So I had a lot of five-star books, but from a nonfiction standpoint, um, you and I have been talking. I have been trying to stick to an anti-inflammatory diet, Mm -hmm. which is really no dairy, no gluten, no processed sugar, really no sugar at all. Um, very plant-based. So right. It's a lot to work with. Mm-hmm. And I have really been loving the Love and Lemons cookbooks. Really? Um, they're vegan for the most part. Um, I think they might all be vegan, but they have some really amazing plant-based recipes in there. There's three of them, I believe, that are that are out there. And they are on Kindle, too. What was that Instant Pot cookbook that you had recommended? I think there was an orange beef recipe that you really liked. Everything in there is so good. So the author's name is Brittany Williams, and it's called Instant Loss. And if you, they're marketed as weight loss cookbooks, which is bullshit, because if you read the introduction, her kid had juvenile arthritis. 
And so she went on this heavy duty anti-inflammatory diet to take care of her kid. Her instant pot recipes are phenomenal. She's got, uh, you know, orange beef or orange chicken, beef and broccoli. Um, she has a corn chowder that I make all the time. It is so good. She's got a chicken tortilla soup. That's fantastic. Everything in there is just phenomenal. That's awesome. So I highly, highly recommend for cookbooks. Those I all have um, in physical copy because I forgot of them constantly. Yeah, I have a few that are cracked right at the spine of the recipes yes. that I use the most and I've written on them. Okay, so do you have a bad joke? So I have a story about a bad joke and it's a little inappropriate. So it's up to you if you want to keep it in the podcast or not. I'm but, pretty sure I will, but go ahead. Okay. So around Halloween... I picked up my 14-year-old niece, and she says to me, my friends were laughing at this joke at school, and I don't understand it, and I'm too, I was too embarrassed to ask them. And I said, okay, what is it? Oh, boy. And she, she goes, why can't you get pregnant having sex with a vampire? And I said, why? And she said, because they can't come inside unless they're invited. And I said, okay. <laughs> so in order to get pregnant... <laughs> Dan has to ejaculate, and she looks at me like I am the stupidest person on earth. And she goes, Auntie Lise, I know that. I don't understand vampire part. <laughs> she had never heard that, you, you know, vampires can't come into a house uninvited thing. So here I am, like, explaining the birds and the bees. And she's like, oh, my God, you're such an idiot. I, I know all of that already. Okay, that is hilarious. <laughs> and there is no disdain, like teen disdain, right? And they are so different, like the the level of knowledge that they have, which is a good thing that we did not have mm -hmm. um, growing up. Like I am amazed and and actually it makes me quite happy. So they're a lot more savvy than we we were, I think. Oh, they really are. I am Carrie S. I am one of the writers for Smart Pictures Trashy Books. I am in Sacramento, California. Fabulous. Okay. So what are is a book or books that really, really made your year? Tell me all about them. Mine is The Adventures of Amina al -Sarraf. I'm guessing at pronunciation. And it came out at the end of February this year. And I loved it so much. It had everything it was like the intro to a princess bride where he says this book has good men bad men fencing torture adventure romance right like everything was in it it was spectacular uh so that is definitely my pick for the year i loved that the main character is um around my age i liked it that she was a mother and trying to kind of rediscover her pre-mothering identity and as a mother, which I think a lot of us um, deal with in life, found family, like, which is one of my favorite things. Of course, it did have some romance, not tons and tons, but it did have some. Um, but a lot of it was about relationships between people who had one experience in their 20s and are having another experience in their 40s and 50s. Um, but uh, on a pirate ship. Awesome. 
Well, in uh, in complete silliness, I talked to Elise and she recommended the exact same book. Two of you have both said that you liked it. Wait, does that mean that I get a second book? Would you like a second book? If you would like a second book, you may have a second book. I would like a second book. Uh, I really liked The September House. And it is emphatically not a romance, super not a romance. I have to admit that most of my favorite books this year were romance adjacent, but not actually romance novels. Um, although at the very last minute, just sneaking into the end of 2023, I did read The Marquis Who Mustn't by Courtney Milan, which is a romance novel, and I adored it. So that's my romance novel for the year. But The September House is definitely not a romance novel. It is a um, horror novel, but a lot of it involves, um, again, it's a woman with an adult daughter relationship between the mother and the daughter, the mother and her husband, of whom I will say nothing. And the interesting things that happen with this house, which is a house that is so extravagantly haunted that the protagonist, the mother, has kind of just sort of gotten used to it. And it's like, every time, you know, morning she wakes up and there's blood pouring down the walls and she's like, oh, I guess I better move that chair. I don't want that to get stains on it. And that ties into the things she accepts about her life in general and her relationship with her husband and what she's going to allow to continue. So I don't want to give like all the twisty stuff away, but Totally different book than the other two that I mentioned. The Marquis Who Mustn't is a nice warm hug from Courtney Milan. I loved it, loved it, loved it. Although it also had stuff between mothers and daughters. So I guess that's a big thing for me right now. Bit um, of a theme. Older mothers and their adult daughters. Um, and then, of course, both of those were completely different from the adventures of Amina, who is running around on her pirate ship fighting tentacled sea monsters. As you do. As you do. So see, I did sneak three in there. Well played. I'm very impressed. What are your holiday wishes for people who will be listening? I hope that people will be kind to themselves. And I hope that people will be kind to other people. And I hope that we will all find a balance between kindness and accountability mm-hmm. with ourselves, with other people, with broader issues happening in the world. I know people are really stressed out right now. If you are a woman during the holidays, remember that it is okay to buy it from the store. Mm -hmm. I thought about this a lot, but I really struggled with this year because I think that we're sort of in in an era where that tension between kindness and accountability is really strong when it comes to tiny little things like should I make the cookies or buy the cookies mm-hmm. and when it comes to giant issues of of war and peace yep. so uh, good luck to, to all of us on all the things and for heaven's sake just buy the cookies it's okay as someone who has a potluck this week and has a box of Costco assorted cookies in her pantry for that potluck I agree queen and no one will be unhappy with Costco cookies they're as big as your face so did you bring a bad joke I did. It's a terrible joke. Oh, I am so excited. It's from Reader's Digest. So you know that it is both bad and good. What do you get when you combine a rhetorical question and a joke? That's it. That's the joke. That's the whole thing. It's a rhetorical question. (laughs) 
That is the most Reader's Digest joke I have ever heard. And my parents subscribed. So there was a lot of Reader's Digest in my life growing up. That is his choice. I picked the least, the least one. I mean, that one is kind of a little bit, you know, writery, right? Rhetorical question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God. No, there's so much worse ones. I picked the best one. I'm like scrolling. What do you call a fish with no eyes? What? A fish. (laughs) (laughs) Applause. All the applause. Thank you very, very much. Clearly, I need to get the Reader's Digest on my phone next time I do recording. That's the kind of sophisticated humor that you could count on me for. I appreciate it because it's the very best kind. And uh, I hope you and your family have a very happy holiday. And I, um, same to you and same to our readers and our listeners. My name is Richard. Uh, I am also known as Mr. Elise um, in in many places. Uh, I am the quasi-wingman for Elise when she does the Bachelor and Bachelorette shows so that she doesn't gnaw off one of her own limbs. We're, we're in the Midwest. And you run the, uh, the, you run the coffee shop, right? Well, uh, yeah, I technically I'm the daytime manager, um, which sounds really impressive. Uh, on my Facebook, I put that I am the emperor of espresso because um, I thought, you know, that would work out really well. Yeah, the coffee shop is uh, a coffee shop here in uh, in Appleton. We have our partner that we're partnered up with is Safe Haven Pet Sanctuary. So we've adopted out, I think it's 190 cats already. That is um, so awesome. Congratulations. So yeah, I get to uh, make uh, make and sell delicious coffees and stuff like that. And um hang out with cats often so it's it's a fantastic job uh, you can visit us on the interwebs uh get <clears throat> material for us probably my favorite item that i ever bought from the boffy shop is if you go to our facebook page sorry a little plug here my apologies if you go to our our either facebook page or our um uh, website that there's a link on our merchandise down at the bottom to bonfire yep and so our store on bonfire you can get items that we don't regularly have in the shop and one of them is uh i got a sweatshirt that says on it my cat and i talk shit about you i love that sweatshirt so much do you get lots of commentary on it yeah it is absolutely my favorite sweatshirt to wear while traveling yes just because of the looks you get in airports and stuff I've actually had a TSA agent pull me over and ask why my cat's talking shit about them. Um, and this was when this is when Sweet Lady Pudding was still around. And I said, well, she I, you know, she's an old um, Siamese, you know, so she talks shit about everybody. She she'd be the old lady that if your ball fell in their yard when you were playing as a kid, they'd go out, pick it up and walk back in the house. Yep. So tell me, what is a book? That rocked your world this year? Probably one of the ones that, that I would have to say was the best was Starter Villain by John Scalzi. Um, I don't know if it's going to be a standalone book, if it's going to continue in any way, uh, but the book was just amazing. Um, the, the main character uh, has a relative, his uncle passes away, 
and he discovers that his uncle was a like super villain and now he has to take over the family business um one of the bigger surprises is the cats that he had um the cat he had and then the kitten that he had just found in the beginning of the book uh both are sentient and uh the cat he had had for quite some time had been spying on him and actually was into real estate and had her own house just down the street. Much Uh, nicer house than his, actually. I completely can see a cat acquiring their own house to get away from the humans. Yeah, just, you know, whenever you need to just be alone and stuff like that. Uh, Of late, because I'm, as as we've talked about before, I'm dyslexic. I find reading uh, or listening to audiobooks is easier for me. Oh, for sure. Uh, often than, than reading. So I've been doing a lot of that. And like, I will be doing the dishes and like snort laughing to the point where Elise will come in and she's like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, it's just the book. I'm yeah, I'm fine. To. It's, uh, it's not asthma, it's laughter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was probably my favorite book of uh, of the year. One of the things I really enjoy about Scalzi is often there are twists and stuff. And sometimes you can see them coming. Sometimes you can try and guess them. Other times they're out of the blue. Um, but it's, it's sort of fun to try and guess what's going to happen next in a situation where it's, it's like a, you know, evolving type evil person thing. Um, and it was just a delight. Uh, cause the main character was just like a quote unquote normal guy. And suddenly he's in charge of this entire evil empire. So. As you do, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It happens all the time. Do you have any holiday wishes for everyone who will be listening? Yeah, I do. Uh, probably my fondest wish is that um, people take the, stop, the time to stop and enjoy their found family. Because often the, the, the found family that you have not necessarily the biologic family or the family you married into are the ones that have the biggest impact on your life. So making sure you set aside time during the holidays to try and get together with them. You know, it doesn't have to be huge gift exchanges, just, you know, hanging out, having like snacky food and just relaxing and enjoying the laughter. I, I think that doesn't get enough doesn't get enough press often. Yeah. Well, thank you, Rich. You are very welcome. This was delightful. Yay. And that brings us to the end of this week's episode. Thank you so very much to Elise and Verity and Rich and Carrie for hanging out and telling me all of the things. As I mentioned in the intro, you can find all of the books and links in the show notes at smartbitchestrashybooks.com slash podcast under episode 594. I had asked for reviews and y'all came through. And I am so honored. Thank you. Melody Prime said so many nice things about me. Thank you. And said that the podcast, quote, alternates interesting and hilarious author interviews, both romance related and not, with content about gaming, cover snark, food, and just any and all the things. Any and all the things would be a really good name for the show, actually. All of it is approached from a foundation of intense love for the genre in all its pink and fuchsia glory. Leaving reviews is a huge ask, and I'm so honored that you took the time to do that. Thank you. I always end with a terrible joke, and this week's joke comes from JF Hobbit in our Discord, which is a wonderful place. Are you ready? How do farmers party? Give up? How do farmers party? 
they turn up the beats. <laughs> That's so bad. <laughs> I do like jokes about food. On behalf of everyone here, we wish you the very best of reading. Have a wonderful week and we will see you back here next week. Smart Podcast Trashy Books is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find many outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts. Turn up the beats. <laughs>